0: Praise the Lord, Greater Impact Church. I greet you all in the name and love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that you guys have had a blessed and impactful week, and I trust and have faith that you guys did. Do me a favor. Say to your neighbor there in the chat, neighbor, it is so nice to see you. Do me another favor. Say to your other neighbor, neighbor, it is about to get real. Glory to God. As always, it's a blessing, privilege, and honor of mine to be here before all of you leading you guys into the Word of God and even further into the presence of God. Are you excited to be here? If you are excited to be here tonight, just give God a shout of praise. Give Him all the glory and honor for He is worthy of it all. Amen, amen, and amen. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm super delighted and excited that you're here. Glory to God and um, i just encourage you to stay as long as you can if you can stay for the entire message and for the rest of tonight's worship experience then by all means please do so we have such a powerful message in store for tonight and if you have not already done so consider inviting someone Uh, you could do that by clicking on that blue invite button that's posted there in the chat Or you can send someone a quick instant message or direct message letting them know, hey, get your butt to church. It's about to get real in this place. You don't want to miss it. So anyone and everyone is welcome to attend. And if you're not yet logged into the chat, what are you waiting for? Log into the chat. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, to fellowship with you right there in the chat amen And matter of fact before we get into the word tonight uh let us know where are you coming from what state what city what country are you visiting us tonight from we would love to hear amen uh how many regions and how many nations and how many cities and states we are sending the gospel of jesus christ to on tonight so Amen. Go ahead right now, uh, put your city, state, or country um, right there in the chat. We definitely would love to uh, see those, uh, those regions that God is allowing us to impact for him. So amen. Amen and amen. So I hope that you guys are excited to be here. I know that I sure am. I know that it's always a blessing for me to be here with you all, each and every Sunday. So let's go ahead and open up with a quick word of prayer to get our hearts ready for the word that God has set apart for us tonight, and then we'll get right into tonight's message. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come humbled and gracious before your presence again tonight. Father God, first and foremost, we just thank you for your spirit that is already upon us. Thank you, Father, for each person that you have led here tonight, O God. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to connect with one another, but also to connect with you through G- uh, through Jesus, your son, and through your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the word that you've set apart for us tonight. We thank you for the, the meat that it has within it, Lord, to help nourish our oh God. Father, we just thank you for supplying us with your wisdom and your knowledge and understanding that we may fully understand your ways oh god and that we may uh, grasp your concepts and your perspectives lord and adopt them into our own personal lives in order for us to live that holy and righteous life before you father god we just give you all praise we give you all glory and honor and thanksgiving on tonight father for you are worthy of it all and father as we get ready to enter into your word we ask that you continue to bless us continue to Focus our hearts and focus our ears and our minds. Focus uh, focus us, Lord. Focus us. Focus us, Lord God, that we may be fully receptive to your word and adopt your word, apply your word to every aspect of our lives. Give us a better understanding and deeper revelation of your word other than the one we currently have in this moment. Let every person be receptive, and as always, let me decrease that you may increase And let everything that we do here tonight bless you and glorify you and honor you by lifting up Jesus Christ, your son. Father, for we are convinced that if we lift up Christ Jesus, as your word says, that he shall draw all people unto himself. So let everything we do be done for your glory, by lifting up your son Jesus in all things. And as a result, draw our hearts closer to you. And Father, we trust and know that you will. In this moment, Father, we cancel out every assignment, every attack of the enemy. And we, pro- we proclaim, decree, and declare that your word will go forth in the ways that you intended to, and that it will make an impact in our lives as only you can. We receive it by faith. We ask and pray these things in agreement in faith, and we ask and pray it in the name of the one who taught us to pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Well, church, I hope that you guys are excited for this message. Um... For those of you that were here last week, you already know what to expect. Uh, glory to God. God has set a standard for this new series that we're in titled The Revel- uh, not the Revelation Effect. My goodness. Titled The Wilderness Effect. Amen. Uh, <laughs> glory to God. God, last week, set a standard for us as to how the rest of this series is going to go. And if you were unable to be with us on last week, you can always... Uh, go back on YouTube or you can go uh, download our <clears throat> our uh, app and you can either listen to the podcast or you can watch the video right from the app as well. <clears throat> and you can do that sometime this week, um, but this message for tonight is also powerful. But the message that was sent forth on last week was just super powerful as we began this journey into the wilderness together and we're going to continue that journey on tonight amen amen and amen glory to god well here we go week number two of this series the wilderness effect and before i give you guys my title as always i want us to dig deep into the actual word of god now keep in mind you i read from the esv version of the holy bible that is the english standard version however you can use whatever translation best suits you whatever translation that you are capable of best understanding. But for us here tonight, we're going to be reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. So do me a favor, turn your Bibles open to the book of Exodus. Again, this is the second book of the Bible, the the very second book of the Bible. Um, It is found in the Old Testament. Again, it's the book of Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to be reading from verses 1 through 17. Again, that is the book of Exodus, chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. Last week, we talked about how Moses began this journey for God. How Moses, out of his anger, killed an Egyptian, even though he was raised as an Egyptian, but yet he was natively an Israelite. Uh, We talked about how he killed the Egyptian, and because he killed the Egyptian, he feared for his life because he knew that he was not liked by Pharaoh, because Pharaoh knew exactly who he was, and so uh, Moses fled Egypt, and as he fled Egypt, he found a tribe or a village of people, a small village of people, outside in the wilderness, where he then became comfortable, got married, uh, I think had kids in that moment, and then... um, one day he's out attending to the flock. He's doing what he's supposed to do, but he's out doing... He's out taking a walk, basically, in the, in the wilderness. And as he's taking a walk in the wilderness... He comes across a bush in the distance that's on fire. But yet, even though it's on fire, the the branches and the leaves on the bush are not wilting. They're not withering. They're not dying. They're still staying plush. They're still staying green. they're, They're still staying alive. And so this interested him, as it would for many. And so he's like, I know what it looks like from here, but let me just get a little bit closer. And he got closer where then he hears the voice of God for the very first time. And as he hears the voice of God, he's given a command. The command was for him to take his shoes off because he stand he stood on holy ground. And then he has this conversation, he has his dialogue with God where God basically begins to reveal himself in his entirety to Moses and then gives him another list of instructions as to what he is to do um, and uh, what he is to do next. And Moses becomes a little timid. And and in this conversation, he begins to kind of doubt God. You can see where he doubted God because God was telling him to go back to Egypt. And Moses' mindset was, well, Lord, don't you understand that I'm not capable of doing this? Don't you understand that if I go back, I'm going to be killed? If I go back, they're going to murder me? And yet God still insisted for him to go. And God even reassured him when you he was like well then what if i go there and they don't believe me because we also talked about how the israelites back then thought that god was dead because they've been in bondage to egypt for so long and they've been crying and they've been seeking after god and they've been crying after uh crying to god in prayer to uh release them from their captives and yet god was waiting for the the, the, the specific moment to raise up a leader that was capable to be used by god to lead them out of bondage into a place called victory. So this week, we're going to pick up on that conversation. So let's go ahead. So if you're not there, that's fine. Uh, Take your time in getting there, but just make sure you get there and follow along once you do so. So again, Exodus chapter four, verses one through 17. This is what happens next. Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. And so he threw, uh, so he, Moses, threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. (laughs) But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught caught it and it became a staff in his hand. that they they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. And he put uh, put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. Then God said, Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent um, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with you or I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you. And uh, I'm sorry. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. Amen. Glory to God. Now. As we picked up on this conversation, let's, let's kind of highlight some key moments in this passage, right? Um, so in this passage of scripture, we pick up on where we left off last week in chapter uh, chapter three, where, God, where Moses had this first encounter with God, right? And this is a continuation of this encounter. So Moses begins to get the boldness to spell out his fear to God. Moses gets the boldness to spell out his fear to God because God is trying to insist on using him in a way that's bigger than him, that's bigger than Moses. It's bigger than his expectations. It's it's bigger than his view of himself. It's bigger than what he anticipated to do with his life. Let me spell it out for you further. Moses' intentions was to grow old and die in the village in which he discovered. But what Moses failed to realize is that the village that he discovered was, in reality, God's way of blessing him. God was blessing him before he could even know that it was God blessing him. Now, let's make this, let's put our finger in that for a moment, and let's make this relatable to us. Have you ever traveled to a distant place where you got comfortable, but you did not stop to realize that it was God blessing you all along? My God, let me put it a little bit more plain for you. You quit a job to get an even better job. You got a job that was more, uh, that has become comfortable to you. You, you, you. You got accustomed to it. It's easy to you. It's easy for you to dwell there, right? But did you ever stop to think that maybe that was God's way of prepping you for the real assignment? Did you ever think that that was God blessing you before you even acknowledge God's existence in your life? Let me put it even more plain for you. Rather, if you acknowledge the presence of God or not, the presence of God is still there. The only difference is that when you acknowledge the presence of God, you're coming in agreement with the Spirit and the Word of God, which gives God room to move freely in your life. But when you uh, deny the presence of God, you are numbing yourself to the existence of God. The Bible says that the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. That's very bold. It's very bold, but it, it, it needs to be said. Because if you look in the earth, you look into the sky, you look into the earth, how can you not believe that there's a God? If you look at all the testimonies, if you go in the Bible and you read the prophecies of the prophets from years and centuries and millennials ago, and yet look into our world today and see those very prophecies that were spoken prophesied so long ago come to pass how could you still deny the existence of the one true god better yet if you <coughs> excuse me if you say there's no god but yet archaeologists are slowly but surely discovering architectures and and, and 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 pottery and and other uh evidence that dates back to the time of the scriptures such as David and Goliath such as uh uh uh, uh, uh gomorrah uh you know um, um all of the all of the things in which the bible talks about is either being discovered or has already Sorry, been has already been discovered. Glory to God. So God reveals himself to Moses. Mo- God spells out even more, fur- even further what he wants him to do. Moses then says, I don't think I can do this because I, I have a speech impediment. I can't speak right. It takes me longer to get my point across. It takes me longer to make things plain in ways that people can adopt and understand what I'm saying. But see, what you guys got to understand was that this was Moses' excuse. My God, say to your neighbor in the chat, uh, neighbor, that was Moses' excuse. That was Moses' excuse. Because if the truth be told, it is evident that Moses did not want to go back to Egypt. So he was trying to find any way in every way possible not to go back. And so because he knew that God wanted to use him to speak to the Pharaoh and speak to the captives and speak to the captor. Woo, Jesus. Because he knew that God wanted him to speak to the captives and speak to the captor. uh, captor. He did not want to speak. So he said, don't you understand? I got a speech impediment. I got a speech defect. This ain't going to be possible. And then God goes, it says that he kindled the anger of God. He sparked the anger of God. And God said, well, don't you understand that I can control your thoughts, that I can control what comes out of your mouth? Don't you understand that because I've called you, that I'm equipping you, that behold, I have already equipped you with the resources that you need in order to be effective and efficient in what I'm assigning to you. That's what God is saying to some of you here tonight. God is saying to some of you here tonight because you've been making excuses. You've been making excuses. You've been making excuses as to why you can't do something that God called you to do. Will you stop making excuses tonight and open your ears and your heart to the voice of God? Will you open your heart and your ears to the word of God that is going forth in this place tonight? This word is for somebody. Stop running. Stop trying to hide. Open yourself and make yourself accessible and available under God. My, 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 stop making excuses as to what you perceive that you can't do and trust God to give you the ability to do it. My goodness. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. This is just the intro to the message. And yet y'all got me already up in here preaching my God. So even though my goodness, even though Moses was being called. He began to question God. And in return to that, he kindled the anger of God to only have God correct him, correct his logic, correct his way of thinking. My goodness. See, one thing I want you guys to understand is this, that whenever God gives you an assignment Whenever God calls you to do something greater for him, whenever God enables you to do a great work for him, God will equip you. God will equip you. He will give you the resources that you need in order to be effective and successful in your mission. And in the small percentage where failure is a factor, it is God who will use your failure as a mechanism to train you even further and and teach you and show you how you could take what you did wrong and make it right and go into a place called success. My goodness. We got to stop being afraid of failing, but we also have to stop tuning our minds into failure. See, what happens is is that when God oftentimes gives us an assignment, we automatically assume that we're going to fail. But let me ask you this question. If God was the one who gave you the assignment, how can you fail if God is going with you? My goodness. If God permits failure for a re- uh, if God permits failure, it's for a reason. and that reason is to show you your weakness. That reason is to show you how He can turn that weakness and make it a strength, how He can take that defect and turn it into uh, 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 effectiveness. My goodness. My goodness, catch it, church, catch it. Glory to God. Even God was prepping and training Moses for the journey that he was about to embark on. Moses had a hard time believing God was capable of using him. Some of you here tonight are in disbelief that God can't use you. You say things like, oh, well, God can't use a sinner like me. Well, if God could use a sinner like me, surely God could use somebody like uh, some uh, someone like you. Glory to God. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. What matters is that you're willing to repent and surrender your life completely unto God and make that decision for him and live your life for him to the best of your ability. Glory to God. All you got to do is meet God halfway and he will take you the rest of the way. My goodness. My goodness, church. Oftentimes, when we get an assignment from God, we get fearful or intimidated because it is much bigger than us. Don't be intimidated because it's bigger than you. Don't be fearful because it's something that you're not used to. The fact that it's not uh, the fact that you're not u- you're not used to it is a good thing. The fact that it's bigger than you is a good thing because this is indication that it is from God, Jesus. My 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 And I know some of you are saying well the possible but doesn't it say in the word of God that God loves a humble beginning? Yes, it does say that. But don't under don't misunderstand what that scripture means. Don't misunderstand what God is saying in the midst of that scripture. Yes, God does love a humble beginning. What that means is that, when what God means by humble beginnings is that you're not trying to rush to the finish line, but you're taking your time and getting started. My goodness. What I mean by that is you're going through the process. You're going through the preparation. My goodness. Your preparation zone is your humble beginning. Woo, Jesus. Your preparation zone is your humble beginning. I'm going to say it again until you catch it. Your preparation zone is your humble beginning. There are some folks that try to rush to the end of the line and get the finished product, but when they get there, because they jumped all the procedures, because they jumped over all of the things that they had to um go through in order to get to the finish line when they get to the finish line by jumping over everything they realize that they can't cross it amen because your finish line is a boundary and you can't cross the boundary until you have unlocked all the resources and all the material that you needed in order to get into the next part of your 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 journey with god amen Could you imagine if Joshua had jumped to the finish line, had gotten a vision from God that he would one day uh, take over leadership? And yet, you know, could you imagine if Joshua tried to kill Moses or if he did kill Moses just to get to the finished product just so he could assume leadership over Israel? It would not have played out the same way that it played out in the Bible. It would not have ended well for Joshua, nor nor would it have ended well for Israel. Joshua waited his turn. Moses waited his turn. And you too, my brothers and sisters, must also wait your turn. Glory to God. You must go through every process that is in the midst of the journey. Some of you have a vision from God that of what your promised land looks like. But instead of going through the process, you try to jump all the way to the finish line to find out you can't cross the finish line. My goodness. My 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 my. It takes someone, or it takes something bigger than you, to reveal your truest fears and weaknesses. It takes something. It takes something bigger than you, to reveal your true fears and weaknesses. It it, it takes God giving you a big vision. It takes God giving you a big purpose. It takes God giving you a big mission, giving you something that's going to challenge you, that's going to require you to come out of your comfort zone, to really put the pressure on you to reveal the cracks that are within you. It takes the pressure of the the, the, the vision. It takes the pressure of the mission. It takes the, 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 the pressure of what God is showing to you to reveal the cracks That are within you. When God reveals those cracks within you. The question then becomes. Will you allow him. To patch them up. Will you allow him. To patch up the cracks. Ask your neighbor. Neighbor. Ask your neighbor in the chat. Neighbor. Will you allow God. To patch up the cracks. Within you. My goodness. Where you are weak. God is strong. You might want to write that down in your notes. Where you are weak, God is strong. Where you can't, God can. Jesus, write that in the chat. Where you are weak, God is strong. Where you can't, God can. You need to start proclaiming that over your life each and every day you wake up. Because some of you here tonight live defeated, but you don't have to be defeated because Christ says you are victorious through him. So if I have a promise, if I have a guarantee that I'm victorious through Christ Jesus, why do I continue to allow myself to live in defeat? Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My message title is this. Pulled back, catapulted forward. Say it again. Pulled back, catapulted forward. Amen. See, sometimes we feel that we're being pulled back. Sometimes it seems that we're going backwards. And sometimes it seems that we're going so far back that we become uncomfortable that we become a little upset, that we become a little emotional, that we become even a little nervous because we don't understand why it feels like we keep drifting back. But this is the pull. Say to your neighbor in the chat, neighbor, this is the pull. This is God pulling you back. Glory to God. Because sometimes God has to pull you back. In order to catapult you forward into the uh, area, into the, the venue, into the arena that God wants you in or needs you in for a specific moment. We talked about Moses had to go back to Egypt, even though he did not want to go back to Egypt because he had some unfinished business there. He had some unaddressed issues that he left in Egypt that he had to go take care of. My question to you tonight is this, will you go back? Will you go back? Will you go back? Glory to God. Now, do me a favor. Uh, We're going to go down to verse 18. We're going to read from uh, Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 31. Again, that's the book of Exodus chapter 4, same chapter, verse 18 through 31, okay? Okay. So let's go ahead and read. It says, Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and he said and said to him, please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt. Um, I'm sorry. Please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses and Median, or Midian. Go back to Egypt for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh, all the miracles that I have put in your power, but... I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. At at, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. The Zipporah, um, took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched moses's feet with it and said surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me so he let him alone it was then that he said it was then that he uh, that she said a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision the lord said to aaron go into the wilderness to meet moses So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord, with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people and that the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their afflictions, they bowed their heads and worshipped. Amen. So here we go from a place. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Okay. So we went from, a Israel went from a place of believing that their God had died. Believing that their one true God had died to now seeing the. Answer to their prayers, seeing the answer to their, uh, seeing God's response to their cries, and so now, after seeing all that God has done, now they can't help but to bow and worship. But one thing I want to point out is uh, towards the end of chapter four, it talks about how. It talks about how Aaron met Moses in the wilderness and greeted him with a kiss, right? Think about that for a second. So Aaron was told to leave Egypt to go into the wilderness and Moses was told to go back to a place of bondage. Potentially a place where he could have been killed easily. Did you not get it yet? God will tell you to go to places that you are unfamiliar with. God will tell you to go to places that you need to go to. God will position you in a place to go to places that you need to travel to in order to receive all that you need to receive from God. There was something in Egypt that Moses had to that had uh, that Moses needed, and there was something meeting uh, Moses in the wilderness that Aaron needed. Why did God tell Aaron to go into the wilderness to meet his brother Moses? Because God wanted to see if Aaron would step out in obedience to God. God wanted to see if Aaron would step out in obedience to Him. My God, Jesus, hold on to that for a second. When God sends you someplace, there is no one, nothing can stop you but you. Nothing can stop you from responding to the call of God but you. Because you got to understand that Aaron was just as much as a slave as the rest of Israel in Egypt. Aaron could have made the excuse, well, God, you know, I I can't because they'll kill me. They'll beat me, they'll whip me, they'll 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 heavily persecute me for leaving the, the, the town. But yet, it wasn't so. Because he responded to God by faith. When you respond to God by faith. There is nothing that can get in the way of you answering the call of God. When Moses went back to his father-in-law, he said, Jethro, I got to go back to Egypt. I got to go back to Egypt for the nation of Israel, God's first chosen people. And Jethro didn't stop him. Jethro said, go in peace. Go in peace. Nothing can stop you, family. Nothing can stop you. Your wife can't stop you. Your husband can't stop you. Your brother, your sister can't stop you. Your pastor can't stop you. Your deacon can't stop you. Nobody can stop you but you. Moses had to go back to a place he swore that he would never return to in fear for his life. Because remember, Moses killed somebody. There were people that saw him kill him that became his accusers and he knew that if they went to Pharaoh pointing him out, that Pharaoh would have killed him. That's why he ran. That's why he ran. See, it was good that he discovered a place where he became comfortable. It was good that he discovered a place where he was welcome and loved and, and, and nourished and taken care of. It was, it was good that He found a place where he could be married and and start a family. It was good. But it did not diminish the fact that there was still a place that that had unresolved issues. There was still a place in his life that still had unfinished business. There was still a place in his life that had unresolved issues. Some of you here tonight have fled the scene of something. (coughs) You fled a relationship without properly ending it. Some of you fled a a business opportunity, leaving somebody else in the dark. Some of you have unfinished business in your life. You have unaddressed issues that you need to go back to, to address, to properly fix and correct so that God can get you to the next point in your life, in your journey with him. So Moses had to go back to that place, even though he didn't want to, God told him to. And it felt like uh, to Moses, I'm probably sure that it felt like he was being pulled back to Moses. it probably felt like he was being pulled back, but yet he still did it in obedience to God. Oftentimes, God will lead you back to a place from your past to confront your fears. When you confront your fears, it is then that you will see how God can position you to overcome. Running away from your your failures, running away from your fears, running away from anything does not solve it. It does not make it better. It only makes it worse. And by doing that, by running away from it, you are giving it control over you. You are giving it jurisdiction, control, authority over your life. Stop letting fear have authority over your life and give that authority back to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Stop running away from it and confront it. Stop running away from it and confront it. You fill in the blank. What is it that you need to confront in your life? What is it that is in your life right now that is unfinished? What is it in your life right now that you need to go back and get resolved? My goodness. What is your Egypt? What part, what point in your life is your Egypt? What Egypt do you need to go back to? Glory to God. Glory to God. What place do you need to revisit? My goodness. See, we feel that if we run away from it, it'll end up fading away. But if you really think about it, it doesn't fade away. Because from a person who got cheated on that never confronted the person who cheated on them, that, that 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 mindset that bitterness results into new relationships and now you're messing new relationships up because you have unfinished business with your previous relationship. glory to God you've got to come to terms with that you got to stop running from it and embrace it say yeah he or she cheated on me that's cool but they that's cool they did that but I'm, you gotta make that decision. But I'm not gonna allow this one mistake that this person made affect my relationship. I'm, oh, Jesus, hear me, Lord, Jesus. I'm not gonna let yesterday's relationships affect my today relationships. Say it again. I'm not gonna allow my yesterday relationships affect my today relationships. Say it with me, church. I'm not going to allow my yesterday relationships affect my today relationships. Some of you had great people leave your life because you did not know how to treat them. Because you held on to bitterness of what people did to you in your past instead of confronting that bitterness, getting that bitterness resolved, getting that bitterness out of you. Now it has become venom that is killing your your relationships of today. My goodness. My goodness. So don't run away, but embrace it confront it that's that's a must you got to do that and <laughs> glory to god when you leave something from the previous season unaddressed it only hinders you from growing it hinders your ability to be effective for the lord amen because remember your past transitions into your testimony Your past transitions into your testimony that can lead to someone else's salvation. So whatever it is that you got unaddressed in your life, confront it, deal with it, allow God to deal with it with you so that you can get to where you need to be now. Glory to God. Every season is a stepping stone to help you reach your full potential. Every season, every problem, every situation is a stepping stone to help you reach your full potential. Don't see it any less than that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me ask you, have you ever felt that you were being weighed down? Have you ever felt that you've been weighed down, that you, no matter how much you try to move forward, you're just at a standstill? No matter how much you try to go to the next thing, you just feel that you can't move, that, that, that it's like your feet is stuck. In concrete. Have you ever had that feeling before? Have you ever had that feeling that you were being weighed down, weighed down by the pressures of life, weighed down by the responsibilities that you may have, uh, being weighed down by uh, uh, commitments, being weighed down by life itself? Have you ever felt weighed down? That's what I want to talk to you about next, the feeling of being weighed down. See, I don't know about you, but for me, I've had those moments in my life where I felt that I was being weighed down. I've had those moments in my life where I felt that just the, because of the pressures of life and the responsibilities that I had were just weighing me down, that I could not had that feeling that I could not move forward. That too, my friends, is a, is a, a sign of God just pulling you back. That's how it feels to be pulled back. That's how it feels to be pulled back. It feels that when you're being pulled back, you're being weighed down. Because see, if you think about it, when you're think of a slingshot, when you pull back the slingshot, that rubber band is being stretched. That rubber band is being stretched to the point where it now feels opposition, where it now feels the force of the opposition. Because see, the further you want something to go, the further you have to pull it back. Get that in your spirit. The further you want something to go, the further you have to pull it back. The further you have to stretch it beyond its ability. The further you have to expand. Glory to God. You have to expand the limitation. You have to stretch it till it can't be stretched anymore. That's the effect of the (laughs) pull. So the feeling of being weighed down is the effect of the pull. Oftentimes, as we go back to address something that we have left unfinished, we feel that we are being weighed down or hindered in some way or another. You feel that you're being weighed down in some way or another. But that's just the opposition of the pool, because God is stretching you beyond your limitations. God is stretching you beyond your ability to be stretched, my God. And he's doing this because the further he stretches you back, the further he can send you. My goodness. The feeling of being weighed down is where we feel like we aren't progressing or accomplishing anything in our lives. And sometimes we feel depressed and sometimes we feel defeated and sometimes we feel that we can't. That is a sign of being, feeling being weighed down. Uh, glory to God. So that's a sign of feeling weighed down or that you can't. Glory to God. This is a trick from the enemy. This feeling is often developed based upon how many accomplishments you see versus to what others have done. See, I'm not talking about the pool. The pool is not the trick from the enemy. The pool is from God. But the feeling that you associate with the pool, the emotions that you develop with the pool is a trick from the enemy. The enemy doesn't want you to believe it's God pulling you back so he could catapult you forward. The enemy wants you to believe that you're just moving backwards. That 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 that, that you're moving, that you're just uh not ever going to live a place of it. You're never going to enter into the promised land that God has given you, that you're never going to enter into or accomplish anything great with your life. That's a trick from the enemy. Be careful of that. This feeling is often developed based upon how many accomplishments you see versus to what others have done. It's the, it's the comparison game right? Have you ever been in a situation where you looked at somebody else's situation and you compared it to your situation and you're like, oh, it doesn't look the same. They're, they're, they're better off than I am. But are they really though? Because somebody has a nice car doesn't mean that they have it better than you. Because what you don't see is the bills that they got to pay for that car. If they got a bigger house than you or if they were able to purchase a house and you're still living in an apartment or you're still renting doesn't mean they're better off than you it just means that they are they, that they got another bill that they got to pay glory to god Amen. Not everybody's going to be in the same financial situation. Not everybody's going to be in the same living predicament uh, than someone else. Stop comparing your life. Stop comparing your season to someone else's season and stay in your lane. Glory to God. Stay in your lane. My God. Whew. Jesus. Stop comparing your life to everybody else's and start comparing your life to the word of God. Glory to God. Sometimes it's easier to see someone else's accomplishments versus your own. You ever notice that? Go in somebody's house, see their trophy case, they got all these trophies in the house and then you feel like, oh man, what am I doing wrong with my life? I don't know where they get all these trophies. I don't got one little measly trophy uh, for perfect attendance. But they got trophies for all kinds of sports. They got trophies for football and hockey and soccer and this sport and that sport. But I only got one little measly trophy. Well, will you not praise God over that one measly trophy? Isn't that good enough? Should that not be good enough for you? Because that trophy represents an accomplishment. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, We need to stop looking at it from the perspective of self and start looking at it from God's perspective. See, when we look, uh, self-perspective says that if my trophy case isn't full of trophies compared to somebody else's, that I'm not, uh, uh, that I have accomplished nothing. But God's perspective says that if you got one trophy, you've made an accomplishment in something. Be grateful for the accomplishments that you've made. And stop worrying about the accomplishments that you have not yet, key word here, yet. You have not yet made. Because you haven't made them yet doesn't mean they will never happen. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's perspective says that if you're willing to be sent, that is that in itself is an accomplishment. God's perspective says that if you are fighting the good fight with every ounce, every fiber of your being, then that is that's good in the eyes of God. God meets us halfway, church, and helps us to cross the finish line. Stop perceiving that you have to cross the finish line on your own because God is your endurance. God is your enabler. God is your motivator. God is the only fuel that you need to get you across the finish line. My God, don't be weighed down by comparison. Don't be weighed down by feeling. And whatever you do, don't be weighed down by anything. Let God, let God, trust God to move you forward, church. Let God, trust God to move you forward. Amen. And lastly, i say this to you, transitioning ahead, transitioning ahead. Recently, see, Laura, as you guys very much know, uh, Pastor Laura has gone back to school. And uh, this semester, she's taking a a, a film class, uh, a movie class, right? And I remember when Laura had chosen this class, she told me about it. And she was like, you know, oh, this class is going to be super easy. You know, it, it, it's going to be super easy. da 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 So I said, okay, cool. So now she's taking the class, right? And now she's like, I would say probably almost halfway through the class, if not halfway through. And she's... She- I remember after the first two lessons, she looked at me and she said, this class is not as easy as I thought it would be. This class is not as easy as I thought it would be. But then as she went through the class, she got more intrigued. She got more interested and she learned things that she probably never even thought of or knew before. So not only do they teach you about movies, they teach you about like photography, filmography, things like that. So there was one particular lesson that she had to uh, go through recently where she had to watch a movie and she had to look for like transitions. So the movie that she picked was The Phantom Menace, I believe, from Star Wars. Because, you know, Star Wars, they got all them different effects and transitions and things like that. So anyways, as I was putting this message together for this week, I was thinking about transitions. I want you to think about a transition. A transition is like a fade, right? It's there the picture is there one moment and within the blink of an eye it's gone. Think of that. A transition is meant to take you from one point to the next point seamlessly. It's it's to make it look fluid. It's to make it look it, 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 to make it look beautiful, make it look pretty, right? That's a transition. As we make the decision to go back to address what was left unaddressed, God will quickly move us forward. As I said, a transition happens within the blink of an eye. So as soon as you make that decision to go back to your Egypt, God will go there with you. You're not addressing that situation alone. God is addressing that situation alongside with you. And once you address it, God will let go and catapult you forward. That catapulting forward is a transition. I'm going to say it again. That catapulting forward is a transition. Write it in the chat. That catapulting forward is a transition. A transition takes place within the blink of an eye. Have you ever gotten to that place and you don't even know how you got there? Could it be that God transitioned you there? Are you still in that? Are you still in that place of I don't know how I got married, I don't know how I got this house, I don't know how I landed this job, I don't know how uh, I landed that promotion. Could it be that God transitioned you from where you were before into where you are now? When God transitions you. It oftentimes leaves you in a state of mind like, I don't know. I don't know how I got here. But I do. God got you there. God got you there. He transitioned you there. Glory to God. What may seem like a lifetime to us is a matter of a minute to God. Say it again. What may seem like a lifetime to us is a matter of a minute unto God. God has the ability to transition you from your past hurt and give you, lead you into a place of victory. So as we conclude this message today, I want to tell you this. As we conclude our message today, I want to say this. In your wilderness, there will, In your journey in the wilderness, there will be moments where it feels like God is just stretching you. It feels like God is just pulling you back. It feels like you're being stretched beyond your ability. And then next thing you know, you're catapulted forward. You're not in your promised land yet, but you're in a place that you never thought you would be in. Glory to God. Church, did you receive this word today? If you received it on today, just give God all the praise, give him the glory and honor right there in the chat. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, church, before we get into our communion for tonight, um, we are going to go ahead at this time and open the altar for anyone and everyone who would wish to commit or recommit their lives over to Jesus Christ. The word of God says that <clears throat> for any person that believes that Christ is Lord, that he died for their sins and that on the third day he raised to life and profess these things with their mouth, they shall be saved. Maybe this is your first time here in the gospel. Maybe this is your second, third, or fourth time here in the gospel. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, we invite you tonight. I invite you tonight to make that decision, the most important decision that you could ever make in your life, and that is to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. Stop making excuses. (laughs) Stop putting it off. Stop procrastinating. Jesus says, no man knows the day nor hour of his return. But I'll also say that you don't know the day nor hour that your life will end. It can end at any moment. Amen. Every man, every woman's day on the earth is numbered. And while we don't know that number, God does and um, we invite you tonight to make that decision to accept christ jesus as your lord and savior because see you don't have to be perfect in order to be made perfect you don't have to be right in order to get right the bible says come as you are and so we say to you tonight i say to you tonight come as you are flaws and all and god will accept you glory to god if you wish to commit or recommit your life to christ tonight click on that blue Uh, raise hand button there in the chat. Let us know that you're making that decision, that you are taking that stand to accept Christ and to make Jesus the centerpiece of your life. Click on that raise hand button and join me in this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you tonight. I confess that I am a sinner and that my sins are many. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I fully surrender my life over to you and I receive you this day as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, I affirm and acknowledge that you died for my sins, that on the third day you raised to life, you ascended into heaven, and you are soon to come back again. Lord Jesus, I receive these truths, and I receive you this day, as my Lord and Savior, in your most holy and precious name, in Jesus' name, amen.